As we continue to move to the gospel community spectrum, we've been through ignorance, awareness, and now we're gonna talk about intentionality. Unpack that a little bit for us. Well, this is one of those, the stage where you really go from the, let's just say the cognitive to, to the kind of you know, steps that you've gotta take in order to make this happen. In the intro, what we talked about was how many people when they into the awareness stage think that all of a sudden automatically you kind of slide into the gospel community stage, but that's just not, not the case. Anybody that's actually walked down this path knows that, that there is a, an intentionality in the pursuit of relationships that's necessary to really you know, create the gospel community. Uh, you, Dr. Martin Luther King has that famous statement that 11 o'clock on Sunday is the most segregated hour in America. Um, and you know, I told you that I had a friend of mine say, he said, actually, I think there's one other caveat I'd put to that, and that is 5.30 to 6.30, every night around the dinner table is actually the most segregated hour in America mm -hmm. because our communities oftentimes are very distinct. And mm -hmm. um, we don't want to just, you know, have like a, like a public display where you got a bunch of different races coming in for a worship service. Um, you want to live multicultural lives that lead to multicultural events. Right. The way we summarize it at our church is, it's not enough to host multicultural events. We need to live multicultural lives. Right. So this stage is more about pressing in and living with intentionality and pursuing the relationships that lead to reconciliation and diversity. Yeah, and this is the idea of in gospel intentionality or being right. intentional that you have to move from just the cognitive phase to a more applicational phase because it's not enough just to acknowledge that there's a problem. Right. Right. Well, and of course, you know, we've talked about how every stage is really grounded in the gospel. Right. Right. Amen. And this yeah. is, you know, the intentionality. Jesus didn't simply describe the problem that we had. He, he actually left heaven and came to earth and he took the initiative to, to reach out. That's what we see in, in Galatians 2 yeah. with, with, with Peter is you know, eating with Gentiles. You got to give him credit. Um, but then when he withdraws uh, and Paul confronts him and says, you're not living in step with the gospel, he has to, to re-engage. He's right. got to take the step to actually get involved. And so um, he, he, the question I, I think that most um, people have with this is what is What's this actually look like, practically speaking? Right. How do you pursue yeah. that? So um, I, I'll throw out one thing from our church and I'll ask you the question. Right. So I, I mentioned at the beginning that our church currently is 83% white and 17% you know, um, people of color. So if I say to everybody, so you need to live multicultural lives and pursue these relationships. Every time I say that, I, I can tell that some of our people of color are because they're like, am I about to just get overwhelmed? You know, overwhelmed out, yeah. you know, so, so, so what do these relationships, what do they look like? How would you, you coach people, especially in the majority culture, in, in what pursuing these relationships? That's good. Like? I think it's good to look, talk about it on a micro, but I also want to come back to you and ask you on a macro level, um, just how do we transition a church, mm -hmm. you know, and, and even talk about your transition, how you took that intentionality. Right. But, but first, on a, on a micro level, I think it's important for us as pastors to create safe spaces mm. for them to engage in those types of conversations and, you know, on race, race relationships and things. And that's what we've done um, oftentimes at kind of Blueprint Church. And we literally um, said, hey, you guys, when, like, let's say a Trayvon Martin or something came, it was like, for the next four weeks, for the next six weeks, we're going to address this. So come to church before Sunday, but like literally before the sermon on Sunday, and we're gonna talk about it. And we create open forms where we talk about, seek to understand before trying to be understood, mm. creating those That's safe good. environments in order to do it. But a lot of times what we do is we try to frame the conversation, right? When you have these conversations, whether you have them here or whether you have them in other places that we use um, what we call the rep model. 
And it comes from um, the golden rule, mm -hmm. where treat others in the way you want to be treated. That's both a quantit quantitative but also qualitative yep. kind of measurement. You got to treat others in the way you want to be treated. And so in doing that, you got to... So, so what's, what's rep? The rep is R, okay. reflect personally. E is empathize corporately, uh, right? Yeah. I need to hear your story and hear your vantage point and I need to create that space like where you can be free. You know, just like I said, when you talk about police, you may feel comfort, but for me, I don't feel comfort, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I hadn't felt, and so we need to reflect personally, but I need to empathize corporately, and then the P mm -hmm. in this intentionality is we need to pursue reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important because a lot of times we have this, the, tension between is this a justice conversation or is this a, a reconciliation conversation? I say yes, mm -hmm. it's both. It's a both conversation. But and a lot of times when I when I talk about this, I say, but the goal for the Christian is reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Right? Because you can't you can have justice without reconciliation, but you can't have true reconciliation without justice. Hmm. And the and the key thing is this is that what the Bible says that when you have justice without reconciliation, that's what the Bible calls hell. Hmm. Because everybody, every sinner will be just. God right. will be just. Right. But those who are separated and not reconciled to Christ will spend eternity in hell. Mm -hmm. And so for the goal for the Christian is reconciliation hmm. and we have to do it. And so this is what we talk about. We got to reflect personally empathize corporately, but then we got to pursue reconciliation. Yeah. Uh, another thing I was thinking about when you're talking about relationships is um, I've got a, a friend who says, he says, you know, if you're waiting, if you wait until the, the Trayvon Martin situation to have the conversation, right. he says you've waited right. entirely too long. Amen. That that kind of stuff really comes in the context of relationship. And, um, you know, the relationships are formed not around racial discussions. Right. They're formed around a love of football, right. a love of you know, shared interests like you'd have any other friendship and, and that becomes a place to, to listen and to, to understand and then uh, the conversations become much more rewarding and, and, and insightful when we have that, right. you know, that relationship. And I think that's one of the things that we got to recognize that the Bible was written in a lot of times kind of, it was an urban kind of environment. And, when, and what I mean by urban is kind of diverse, dense and diverse context, right? And so what I mean by that is, it's really important for us to recognize that the Bible is not avoiding racial tensions. Mm -hmm. See, one of my fears is that, you know, kind of the idea of tokenism or whatever, mm -hmm. is it's like we, we, we engage in these types of conversations and then we want to go and just kind of, so oh, let's talk, let's do a series on race. Let's do a, you know, and it's sort of like going to an urban class and you're like, I have a couple of classes on urban. But really, when you look at the Bible, the Bible is always talking about these issues of race and race relationships and these things and how the gospel, mm -hmm. you know, we've mentioned them all throughout the whole time. We talked about in Revelation, we've talked about in Galatians, in Ephesians, and in Romans. We've talked about the tension and how the, he's torn down the dividing walls. So a lot of times I'm constantly equipping our church. We have done series on emotions just so that we can better engage because whenever you start talking about race issues, mm -hmm. it becomes very emotional. Right. Right. And so we need to be able to engage and get beyond the emotional talk when it. And so I think we can't just say, all right, I've done my series on race talks right. and now I'm done. Or I've hired my black guy or I've hired my Latino or my minority and I'm done. And, and that and this perpetuates this idea of tokenism. Right. That, that well, why don't you give us. That's a great because I, I hear that a lot of times people being afraid of tokenism or accusing. Define like tokenism. What's tokenism look like in a majority? Culture church. Yeah. Most minorities, especially when they're engaging in the majority context, have the tokenism antenna up. Right. Right. It's just kind of like, it, it's fleshed out in a way of, man, 
our neighborhood has changed. Let's go find the minority. And I mentioned that. Or let's, I want to be more diverse, so let me go higher. And just to your point that you've said it constantly, is this like, I'm not willing to change my culture, but I need you to come in. And I need I've you to assimilate. That. I need you to right. assimilate to me. And so a lot of times, unification equals assimilation. Right. And so in one point, we're thinking that we're taking we're being, uh, taking the initiative, right. or we're being intentional, but at the same time, what happens is, is that once the minority doesn't feel comfortable, right. because it's just, you don't really want me here, this is just more so assimilating to what you want me to do, then you kind of find yourself. Yeah, I, I, a friend of mine said this, tell me if you agree with that, he says, he says tokenism is when you want black faces, but not black voices. Mm. And, and what that's he was good. meaning by that is, you, on the stage, you want but, but when it comes to somebody that's actually representing a perspective that's different than the culture you come up with, right. well, I'm not so interested in that anymore. Right. And he says, he says, if you're going to have, I mean, the dilemma I face, because the church that, um, if you rewind the clock five, 10 years, you know, we were very non-diverse. Mm -hmm. Well, in order to be able to, to move toward diversity, we had to be intentional with our staff yeah. and we had to say, we want, you know, black leadership. And so, you know, the, the reason that, just as we were walking through this, that's not tokenism is not only were we saying we need a black face on stage, we wanted to them to, to, to lead not just the black community, but to lead all of us right. and to help reshape the culture of our church. Mm -hmm. So for the pastor there that, that's out there that has this desire mm -hmm. to do it, and you kind of, you just mentioned that you were homogeneous in a lot of ways. Right. And you worked to the point where you are at now. What would, you, what, what would your advice be in terms of gauging, engaging in that venue? Yeah, I mean, there's really no quick and easy answer. I, I do think it starts with relationships, mm -hmm. um, which is what this whole session is so about. So like relationship with another pastor, relationship with- Other pastors, with... and you know, there's a lots of qualified, you know, young black leaders and that are, that are growing. And you know, in order to be able to know them, you've got to be involved in those conversations. And so, um, you know, that's it. I think learning to be sensitive to, to issues. There were times in our church that they just were not aware or they were, they were confused as to why, why weren't we talking about this? Yeah. The, the, a shooting happened across the country and what's that got to do with us right, right here? And, right. and uh, the African-Americans in our church were hearing it entirely differently. And, and so it came, you know, begin to do that. In fact, I, um, you know, one of the conversations we had is, is like, okay, when there's a shooting of an, uh, what turns out to be an unarmed black man, you've got, you know, the white community saying, well, well hold on, let's, let's wait and let's, make right. sure all the facts are going to yeah. cover let's trust the legal process and you've got the african-american community saying oh this is just another in a long history of you know um bending justice in you know against african-americans and I, I even you know asked some of our i was like what, what am i supposed to say there because i, I don't want to rush to judgment yeah. at the same time i recognize that this didn't happen in a vacuum it, it was connected to a long history and one our, our friend uh, uh um, that we've referred to george Yancey, he said he said here's what you can do he says, what you need to do is you need to acknowledge that it's a tragedy that we still live in a community where this is a question. Yeah. Was race a factor in why this? You're not in a position to pass judgment on this particular situation because yeah. you weren't there, but you can lament the fact that it's still a question. Yeah. And, and, and we know undeniably that there are times and places where these things you know, come forward. And so, you know, it's taking the steps to understand and identify with the pain of the community, being intentional and letting, letting, letting African-American and other, you know, minorities, we've talked yeah. about that, other yeah. leadership actually reshape the culture so that it's not just multicolored, it's actually multicultural. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing. And I, I really want to, can't wait till we get into kind of the next session, you know, when we talk about the gospel community, because 
you know, as we see kind of the manifestation of walking through our ignorance, our awareness and our intentionality, we have to really embrace the fact that, we, that I constantly talk about that a problem is not a real problem until it's your problem, hmm. right? And I think being intentional, it, something only becomes a real problem when it's our problem. And the way that happens is through two things that I, I would say. One is relationships and proximity. Hmm. If it's a real problem, if it is, if it's close to you, and it's a real problem, if it's someone that you're close to, right. problem. Like my wife might have a problem, right. and it may not have bothered me in the same way that it bothered her, but it becomes my problem because it's her problem. Because you and love think, her, right? Yeah, because I love her. But um, we have to diversify our dinner table right. in order for us to establish this as a real problem so that we can take intentional steps to address this problem. So as we transition to the last gospel community on the spectrum, I'm excited about engaging this with you. So, but bottom line here, let's just make sure we're clear. What we're saying is not, you know, to be intentional as you go befriend, you know, people of different ethnicities on Facebook and then send them 10 of your favorite racial articles that you want them to read and, and discuss, correct? You're correct. Right, this is, this is a foundation of, of friendship and genuine community and love out of which um, your, your vision, uh, your, your, your affections are ignited and uh, your understanding of the world is challenged. Um, that's the intentionality that will lead the gospel community. Right, and that looks like a gospel community. Amen. Amen.